Section four of an inland journey. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. An inland voyage by Robert Louis Stevenson. At Maubeuge. Partly from the terror we had of our good friends, the Royal Nauticals partly from the fact that there were no fewer than fifty-five locks between brussels and charleroi we concluded that we should travel by train across the frontier boats and all fifty-five locks in a day's journey was pretty well tantamount to trudging the whole distance on foot with the canoes upon our shoulders an object of astonishment to the trees on the canal side and of honest derision to all right-thinking children to pass the frontier even in a train is a difficult matter for the arethusa he is somehow or other a marked man for the official eye wherever he journeys there are the officers gathered together treaties are solemnly signed foreign ministers ambassadors and consuls sit throned in state from china to peru and the union jack flutters on all the winds of heaven under these safeguards portly clergymen schoolmistresses gentlemen in grey tweed suits and all the ruck and rabble of British touristry, poor unhindered, Murray in hand, over the railways of the continent, and yet the slim person of the Arethusa is taken in the meshes, while these great fish go on their way, rejoicing. If he travels without a passport, he is cast, without any figure about the matter, into noisome dungeons. If his papers are in order, he is suffered to go on his way indeed, but not until he has been humiliated by a general incredulity he is a born british subject yet he has never succeeded in persuading a single official of his nationality he flatters himself he is indifferent honest yet he is rarely taken for anything better than a spy and there is no absurd and disreputable means of livelihood but has been attributed to him in some heat of official or popular distrust for the life of me, I cannot understand it. I, too, have been nulled to church, and sat at good men's feasts, but I bear no mark of it. I am as strange as a Jack Indian to their official spectacles. I might come from any part of the globe, it seems, except from where I do. My ancestors have laboured in vain, and the glorious constitution cannot protect me in my walks abroad. It is a great thing, believe me, to present a good, normal type of the nation you belong to. Nobody else was asked for his papers on the way to Maubeuge, but I was, and although I clung to my rights, I had to choose at last between accepting the humiliation and being left behind by the train. I was sorry to give way, but I wanted to get to Maubeuge. Maubeuge is a fortified town with a very good inn, the Grand Cerf. It seemed to be inhabited principally by soldiers and bagmen. At least these were all that we saw, except the hotel servants. We had to stay there some time, for the canoes were in no hurry to follow us, and at last stuck hopelessly in the custom house until we went back to liberate them. But there was nothing to do, nothing to see. We had good meals, which was a great matter, but that was all. The cigarette was nearly taken up upon a charge of drawing the fortifications, a feat of which he was hopelessly incapable. And besides, as I suppose each belligerent nation has a plan of the other's fortified places already, these precautions are of the nature of shutting the stable door after the steed is away. But I have no doubt 
they help to keep up a good spirit at home it is a great thing if you can persuade people that they are somehow or other partakers in a mystery it makes them feel bigger even the freemasons who have been shown up to satiety preserve a kind of pride and not a grocer among them however honest harmless and empty-headed he may feel himself to be at bottom but comes home from one of their coenacula with a portentous significance for himself it is an odd thing how happily two people if there are two can live in a place where they have no acquaintance i think the spectacle of a whole life in which you have no part paralyzes personal desire you are content to become a mere spectator the baker stands at his door the colonel with his three medals goes by to the cafe at night the troops drum and trumpet and man the ramparts as bold as so many lions it would task language to say how placidly you behold all this in a place where you have taken some route you are provoked out of your indifference you have a hand in the game your friends are fighting with the army but in a strange town not small enough to grow too soon familiar nor so large as to have laid itself out for travellers you stand so far apart from the business that you positively forget it would be possible to go nearer you have so little human interest around you that you do not remember yourself to be a man perhaps in a very short time you will be one no longer Gymnosophists go into a wood with all nature seething around them with romance on every side It would be much more to the purpose if they took up their abode in a dull country town Where they should see just so much of humanity as to keep them from desiring more and only the stale externals of man's life These externals are as dead to us as so many formalities and speak a dead language in our eyes and ears they have no more meaning than on oath or a salutation we are so much accustomed to see married couples going to church of a sunday that we have clean forgotten what they represent and novelists are driven to rehabilitate adultery no less when they wish to show us what a beautiful thing it is for a man and a woman to live for each other one person in mauberge however showed me something more than his outside that was the driver of the hotel omnibus a mean enough looking little man as well as i can remember but with a spark of something human in his soul he had heard of our little journey and came to me at once in envious sympathy how he longed to travel he told me how he longed to be somewhere else and see the round world before he went into the grave here i am said he i drive to the station well and then i drive back again to the hotel and so on every day and all the week round my god is that life i could not say i thought it was for him he pressed me to tell him where i had been and where i hoped to go and as he listened i declare the fellow sighed might not this have been a brave african traveller or gone to the indies after drake but it is an evil age for the gypsily inclined among men he who can sit squarest on a three-legged stool he it is who has the wealth and glory I wonder if my friend is still driving the omnibus for the Grand Cerf. Not very likely, I believe, for I think he was on the eve of mutiny when we passed through, and perhaps our passage determined him for good. Better a thousand times that he should be a tramp and mend pots and pans by the wayside, and sleep under trees, and see the dawn and the sunset every day, 
above a new horizon i think i hear you say that it is a respectable position to drive an omnibus very well what right has he who likes it not to keep those who would like it dearly out of this respectable position suppose a dish were not to my taste and you told me that it was the favorite amongst the rest of the company what should i conclude from that not to finish the dish against my stomach i suppose respectability is a very good thing in its way but it does not rise superior to all considerations i would not for a moment venture to hint that it was a matter of taste but i think i will go as far as this that if a position is admittedly unkind uncomfortable unnecessary and superfluously useless although it were as respectable as the church of england the sooner a man is out of it the better for himself and all concerned End of section 4